welcome to Detour the Podcast. Y'all know what's up. Let's get lost. What is up, y'all? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Detours the Podcast. So, I was thinking today because um, I was really at work and I was listening to a documentary while I was working about um, basically some young girls who were in some type of relationship with their teacher. And the documentary that was on Hulu called Keep This Between Us follows a lady who was in high school. She and her teacher started a relationship. And then after high school, they actually, they were dating for a while. I think I heard like five years on the documentary. But she felt like, you know, the way it started was wrong. She wanted to ask him, why did it start like that? And she also found out that he tried to do the same thing with another girl at the high school. And she also got um, in touch with other girls in, um, in the U.S. who have been in relationships with their teachers either during or after uh, high school. And then that led to a girl named Allison who wrote a book named a book called um being lolita and i downloaded that on audible and um i've been listening to that today or i should say yesterday and so um it's quite interesting because i can remember embarrassingly that i had a crush on my teacher when i was a kid um really fifth grade i can't remember having a crush on any other teacher like for real for real after that it wasn't like um when I say I had a crush on him it wasn't like a like oh my gosh like I want I'm daydreaming about kissing him it was never like that far I just thought he was cute you know I, he had locks and you know stuff like that but by the time I got to high school and I uh had a type of he was not my type but I actually really respect him a lot because I talk about him in my book and it was you know he started working at my elementary school so I was in fifth grade I think he started when I was in fifth grade and by the time I got to high school he was still at the elementary school and he used to every morning he used to pass by and he used to wave and me being like an attitude high schooler like I used to wave, and then, like, some mornings I was, I had attitude, and I'd be like, oh, why is he waving at me? Fifth grade was, like, seven years ago. Leave me alone. Like, <laughs> you know, just having an attitude, but I actually appreciate that. But listening to um, these stories on that uh, documentary, I was like, oh, gosh, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> so, and it also made me think... Because, like, I've noticed a pattern with myself where, like, I've had a crush on, like, a couple guys in management. Um, and I wonder, and I wondered if it was because, just simply, but mostly because they were some type of manager and they were in a role of authority, and so that led me to do a Google search on why women are attracted mostly to men who have some type of authoritative role. 
And I actually found a really great article on that in, from a lady out of the UK. And there's actually a study about all of this because, like, I remember one time I got, I mean, it could be just a coincidence, but one time I got pulled over early in the morning. The guy did not give me a ticket. He gave me a warning. But I remember thinking, like, man, I should have, um, <laughs> I should have asked for his number. He was really cute. <laughs> it was a white dude. And then, like, in my last job, since I don't work there no more, I can talk about this, but I did have, like, a major crush on one of my managers. He was, like, my age. And that's all I'm going to say about him. No, he was my age and white. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say because that, you know, everybody who works, who worked with me, they'll know who that is. But because everybody else is, like, way older. But I'm not going to say anything else because if I do, they'll know exactly who it is. But I had a major crush on him. And it could have been because, you know, he was, like, my direct manager for a while and, like, he, like, I don't know, working with him made me want to, I already um, performed well, but it made me want to, want to do even more, you know what I mean? And so when I'm reading this article, they were like, you know, there is a study where, like, they said the results show that when engaging in a conversation with this powerful person inspired inspires creativity and spontaneity and I was like really because I used to want to do like so good and you know I wanted him to so if I did a good job that meant his reviews would be good and that meant you know He's like, wow, you did great. So that meant, you know, it meant nothing for me other than his, like, accolades. But for him, it went towards his end-of-year review for his bonus. I mean, I didn't get a bonus working at that job. So, and it said in this article, and this part of the article was by a psychologist named Natalie Colley. And they said it, um, the conversations invoke creativity and spontaneity and these effects increase the likelihood of desire I was like what wow I never even put two and two together and so it's like she said the desire or attraction seems to come in part from an idealized view of the person. It is assumed that because a person holds a position of power, they are respected, capable together and are able to contain and respond to our own fragility or chaos. Wow. <laughs> I was like, that is crazy because like. This particular manager, you know, he's about my age. He's Caucasian, but he has, like, a certain, like, swag about him where, like, if you close your eyes, you would think he was a black man. <laughs> so, like, and he's, like, has a really long legs and he used to wear, like, these straight cut uh, slacks and these nice, um, you know, work. What do you call those shoes? You know, they're not boots and they're not dress shoes. They're like the mixture between the two. But, you know, y'all know what I'm talking about. They're usually like leather, really nice shoes. So, you know, it's the shoes you want your man to wear. You know, they're business casual. 
And he used to wear those with a button down. And then one day I'm just looking at him and he like, for whatever reason, he was like undoing his, uh, his button down. And I got a glimpse of a gold chain. I said, Ooh, wait, that's, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and then one day he came up during his off day. He had on a white tee. A fitted white tee. He got the gold chain out. And he got on a hat, a baseball hat, some skinny jeans, and some tennis shoes. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's the gold chain for me. And, um, you know, and of course, you know, <sighs> I think he like black women. I mean, I do. Even though I later, see, at the time I didn't know he had a girlfriend. But I later found out he had a girlfriend, and um, she's not black. And I'm like, this dude likes black women. <laughs> why is he not with a black woman? And, you know, to be more specific, why is he not with me? <laughs> so I really liked him. And, um, you know, when I was about to leave the job, and I knew I was about to leave, like, mentally, I remember looking at him. And I was no longer attracted to him. This is like years later. And I was no longer attracted to him. He was no longer my direct manager. And he's just a guy. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder if the most most of the attraction was some idealized view I had of him. Because number one, he was my manager. And number two, he invoked this um, creativity in me to do my job in different ways so I could get these results that would make us look good because I'm doing the work. He's doing the work too, to make sure I do the work. And as a team, we look good together, working together, you know? And so I wonder, and so now this new job, (laughs) You know, I got a couple guy managers and, um, you know, I was like, the other day, one of them was looking really, really attractive. I was like, hold up, hold the brakes. Now, you know, <laughs> like, you know, you know, you just, you know, feeling this way because he is in a position of power. <laughs> and but he really does seem like a, a cool guy. Um, He's married. OK, so I don't I don't want that. And then in this article I read from looks like something called the Metro, it was a sex and relationship counselor, Leanne Young. She said, being attracted to men who have positions of authority over other people may mean nothing apart from you, like having the option to be submissive. If you find the idea of someone making decisions for you, that can be dangerous territory as then you run the risk of becoming an object within the relationship and reliant upon someone else. So um, I was just like, hmm, this is crazy because while I was listening to the documentary on the girls being abused by their uh, high school teacher, how they explain these men and I don't know why specifically, 
but it might be something I need to talk to my count, my uh, therapist about. But like the way they explained the men and the conversations they were having and when they were reading um, like emails they had between each other, I was like, these conversations remind me of like the last dude I love. Like this is. I'm like, this is really reminding me of that. And, like, sometimes I think, like, do I, did I have some, do I, did I have some type of Stockholm Syndrome in regard to him because of our, like, first encounter at his house? And, um, you know, and then this thing, this article with this sex counselor, she was like, and you know, it could mean that you are insecure and looking for secure, you're insecure and looking for security from someone else. And I'm like, hmm, that is definitely what I was looking for in him because <laughs> he made me feel like, you know, secure and safe. After, you know, that first meetup, I felt like safe with him. And it was strange because I know I mentioned this in my book. I know I did not mention it in the first um, recording I have on this podcast. But like the first, the last dude I love, right? I, um, after we had sex during that first time and we were getting ready to leave. Well, I was getting ready. to. Well, no, we were both getting ready to leave his home. And I think he said he was going to get his son. I'm pretty sure he said he was going to get his son. So he went upstairs. So I'm just kind of like waiting to be let out of his house. (laughs) Because he had it kind of locked up. And he's like, you know, I remember him saying to me, and let's keep in mind, I've already said this, like, for whatever reason, I remember everything he's ever said to me good and bad and I don't like that (laughs) and like I don't know I wanted to like get the hard drive of my my other phone and see if the hard drive can be removed so that I can get our text messages Facebook messages, pictures, videos. And like for a year or so, I was like, no, I'm just going to leave it as it is because, you know, I know what happened. But it's like a part of me wants to see those things. And a part of me does want those pictures, you know, it's like I do want them. So I might try to do that still. We'll see how I feel when it's actually time to do that. But um. So, we're getting ready to leave. So, I remember everything he's ever said to me. And we're getting ready to leave. He is... I'm not going to go into everything that happened. But he went upstairs. And I remember he came back down. He had on like a jersey. I can't remember what kind of jersey it was. I do remember it being like reddish. I think... I think it was like sleeveless. It was like a, um, it had to be a basketball jersey. And I want to say it was the Hawks, but I'm not sure. I just know it was a jersey. He was on a jersey and some jeans. 
and um, these white shoes. And then, like, he lifts up his shirt, his jersey, and it's like he's tucking a gun in his pants. And I'm like, this is a dude that's supposed to be, like, a nerd, okay? <laughs> but at this moment, he's looking like a hood nigga, okay? He got on a jersey, these jeans, these pants, and a gun tucked in. And I was like, and in that moment, I was, like, scared. I'm like... Why are you bringing a gun? What's going on? Like, did I miss something? <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah, I carry my gun with me. <laughs> and I'm like, so, like, at this point, I'm just, like, like, fearful because I ain't never been that close to, like, a gun, like, in the same household. And someone has a gun on their person. And here I am. And I'm just like, whoa, what's going on? And so he, um... He's like saying, okay, I remember, you remember I said I remember everything he said to me? Um, that's with the exception of this day. <laughs> with the exception of this day, I don't remember the gun conversation verbatim. I do remember the conversations um, before we had sex, during, we had, during sex, and after the sex. But I don't remember the gun conversation verbatim because I was like my adrenaline was so high and I didn't know like what the heck was going on like why he said he's going to get his son what he need a gun for <laughs> I think he said he was going to get his son I'm pretty sure um he was meeting up with somebody anyway so um <laughs> he's like yeah I'm carrying this gun because you know something something protection I was like but what if you get pulled over, you know? You don't, it's people out here that, I said something like, it's people out here who need you, and you over here walking around with a gun, that's not safe for black people, black men. And he said something like, I'm going to be fine. And um, I was like, okay. So then he walked up to me. He gave me a kiss on the lips, and we walked out. And I was like, what What? What the fuck just happened? <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck just happened? And I'm just driving down the road, just like, what the fuck? <sighs> and, like, we're going the same way. What road is that? It's some road that leads to, I want to say it's Camp Creek, but Camp Creek's turned into something else. And um, we're headed, I was headed towards Douglasville. I don't know where he was going, but I think he was, like, parallel to me and then like he called me and I was like oh what the fuck does he want because that this time I'm in my head I'm like I'm never going over there again what the fuck happened um yeah and so he's like anyway then we had a conversation about some other stuff <sighs> so I'm just like did I have some kind of Stockholm syndrome from that whole thing <laughs> but I'm like from that point on I felt like he was in control and that might have something to do with why I ended up falling for him like I did and so you know I just think that's interesting I'm like was it everything was it him taking control was it him taking you know doing all these things was it the gun situation um was it the fact that you know he has all this he says he has all this this control over this home and you know he's like when you're here you're safe and I got he says something like I got full control of this house and 
you know, basically saying like he has, you know, cameras around the house and locks on the house. So I don't have nothing to be worried about. And so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but it's very interesting. I mean, I wish I could watch like a video of <laughs> the whole situation because um, it's probably entertaining. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I don't need to see that. But um, yeah, so I'm just like, I wonder if that's what people, other people go through when they're like experiencing them, experiencing themselves crushing on someone who they normally wouldn't like, but they're in some type of authoritative role and it makes them more desirable. And I really, really wonder. So the article I found went on to say from these um, psychologists and relationship counselors, they were like, women or people in general engage in relationships with similar dynamics and seek different outcomes in an in an attempt to gain reparation for the first invalidating relationship. So, and this really struck a chord with me because with the last dude I loved, right? And I bring him up a lot because this has been going on since I started, you know, my podcast. But I reference him a lot not only because this has been going on a lot, but because I also wrote wrote a poem about him. I think it's in my book. I think. If it's not in my book, it was on my last laptop. Well, the laptop before last that I don't have anymore. But in the book, and it's, this is no lie. In the book and in reality, in him, I saw traits of every guy... I've ever been with and ever wanted to be with. So, like, I've mentioned he reminded me of my baby daddy. Even though they don't outwardly look alike. But he reminded me of my baby daddy in parts of him that was, for lack of a better term, a hoe. Um, He reminded me of this manager I wanted at my job because he was clean cut, you know, wore the nice button downs and the slacks and the, you know, the shoes, the business casual shoes, which I need to find out what they're called. But they're, gosh dang it, this company called Taft, they make some. And I don't know what they're, what are they called? Now I'm going to have to look it up. (laughs) Now I'm going to have to look it up. It's called Taft Shoes. Let me see what they call y'all. Jack Boot. Let me see if they're all called Jack Boots. Nope. Oh, they are called Jack Boots. Oh, now we know. So, um, the Rome Boot. Let me see if they're all called Jack Boots now. Boop. A Jude boot, a Jack boot. Okay, I'm on their website. But anyway, so yeah, and like they were, he was clean cut. Okay, he reminded me of this other dude I wanted. Nice hair. He had nice hair. Reminded me of neighborhood boot. They got similar names. They wear glasses. And I'm like, in him, 
And it's, I'm sure it's mostly my psyche and my mental, but like him as a total person represented everybody I've ever wanted in one. And for a time, he wanted me back. And when, and when, like, him wanting me and wanting to be with me for whatever reason it didn't work out, but him wanting me and wanting to be with me and validating me and making me, like, feel wanted and feel desired, that was reparation and healing for all these other guys who I either got with didn't work out or they never gave me a chance you know like they never wanted me and that was like he made up all these guys in one and so that was reparations and I was like when I read that I was like that is exactly what that was and I'm sure it has a lot to do with why I you know, I used to say, or recently I've been saying, like, do not romanticize y'all's situation. And um, I was like, you're right, you're right. So, like, today I was in the kitchen, and I was thinking about the situation, and I was like, okay, let's make a plan. Every time you think about the situation, repeat to yourself the last the last conversation y'all had which was not pretty <laughs> like repeat to yourself what he said to you now he didn't say anything disrespectful or anything like that but i'm just like repeat what he said because he said it real slick like and not disrespectful but enough for me and for him to know that i know what he's saying so yeah so I was like repeat that in your head and every time you think of anything good say that bad part and if you keep doing it that way eventually you will not think of the good moments at least not as much because like the same thing about when we first stopped talking. When we first stopped talking and I literally wanted him to, um, and I literally know, I wanted him and I know that he got the uh, mental the mental, what do I want to call it? He got the mental message that he should have reached back out. And I'm sure he had his reasons and he did not. He didn't reach back out to me until I said something to the other girl. <laughs> and then he called me and I didn't answer the phone. I already talked about that. But like... I wanted him to come back. I wanted him to come back. I wanted him to reach out. So what did I do to make sure I didn't reach out? I had a calendar on the wall. And each day, I marked off a day. And after a while of marking days, it takes 21 days to break a habit. So it took at least 21 days for me to not contact him 
to break the habit. But every day I still hoped that he would contact me. He did not. So, yeah. And I'm sure it has something to do with the living situation and blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. It is what it is. And let me say this for the one time. For the one time, it doesn't matter. But I was just looking at all those different correlations because that reminded me a lot of him and our situation. And I'm like, for me, I feel like when um, people hear stories like that, they're like, well, obviously you're insecure and that's why, you know, that happened and he was able to do that because they men people prey on insecure people and I'm like I just don't know about that (laughs) I was the most secure I had been in a very long time by the time he came along so I'm not sure but I'm sure it's has a lot to do with it and you know this article also says it has a lot to do with childhood trauma and I'm like that's interesting because I do believe so as well but I'm like, you really got to be some brave people to, like, have an open affair with your teacher while you're at school. I'm like, do I know any um teachers, <laughs> any male teachers in high school that were attractive? I'm trying to think. And I can't think of a single one. I mean, I really can't. I'm trying to think. No, I can't think of a single teacher and that's a good thing, right? <laughs> now, it was a lot of guys, you know, and then by a certain point, I was on my baby daddy, so that was that. But yeah, so I don't know. A lot of people won't understand where I'm coming from when it comes to this situation and what I've been saying this whole time about this man, but it is what it is. I'm not going to go back on what I got to say. I'm like, if I'm saying it, it's a reason. And uh, it's like, I want to, um, I wouldn't say let it go because I have let it go, but I want to have somebody else to correlate things to. And I know, though, that even when I'm with someone else, I'm still going to think of the similarities because that's just how it goes, you know, for somebody who is an overthinker like me so yeah that's just how it goes and um it's okay I'm gonna be looking for correlations and similarities also so I don't miss what I missed with him so I can do some opposite things and uh you know move at a pace that matters and be on the lookout for certain attributes that I may or may not like but um yeah it's like these authoritative figures will have you out here thinking that you are um just smitten with them when it could really just be you're more so looking to be the naturally submissive woman that you are but Uh, You know, you want somebody who will make you or who is able to let you, you know, take a seat (laughs) and while they lead the way. 
And so that's naturally what we're innately trying to find. Like a lot of women might say, oh, no, I'm not submissive, which honestly, I've never heard a woman say that (laughs) to my knowledge. But it's like, yeah, we want to be submissive. Maybe we cannot be. But if someone comes along who we can be submissive with, then great. And who better to be submissive to than a man who is already in a position that requires him to be the boss? So he's usually the boss, you know, on and off the clock, right? So, yeah, that's just how it goes. So, what else? Yeah, and so, for whatever reason today, so, okay, in the documentary, the girls who are, you know, adults now, women, but they were girls back then. The girls who were having affairs with their teacher, they went from saying I was having an affair with my teacher to I was raped or I was abused by my teacher. And it made me think about the first encounter with this last guy, I, the last guy I loved. And I want to put an emphasis. I mean, I know y'all know by now I do love him. OK, so thinking of this in this way is literally hurtful and in my some of my first few episodes like it's funny because it's funny to me because you can tell that I'm like angry and um I'm angry with him in those episodes and even though I tried to act like I wasn't I'm angry and you know I had to tell I had to tell a family family member this not recently, but I don't lie when I'm angry. I don't lie at all, but I definitely don't lie when I'm angry. So I'm like, I didn't tell like I may do a lot of things that people might not agree with, but being a liar is not one of them. I'm not a liar. I don't lie. I don't embellish. So I tell the truth, but like I tried to give the facade like I wasn't upset with him. And I actually, I don't to this day know if he's ever heard any of these episodes. <laughs> to this day. To this day. So I don't know if he's ever heard any of these episodes. I was really apprehensive to uh, post any of the um, first few episodes. And by the time I got to the third one, I was definitely trying to piss him off (laughs) definitely because I'm like if I'm gonna do one thing and if he gonna know I'm gonna do one thing I'm gonna piss you off and he'd be like god (laughs) so yeah his game or his demeanor his uh let's see what I want to say maybe plan it seems like was to Never let me see him angry because <laughs> I've never seen him angry. But my plan was to engage to bring the anger at all times. So what I'm doing, you said you said you don't like when I unfriend you unfriend immediately. I'm like, oh, you don't like when you can't message me up. Oh, you can't message me. <laughs> so I'm like, so yeah, by the third episode, I'm pretty sure I'm pissing him. I'm trying to piss him off. 
Because he, well, another thing he didn't want is for me to tell our business. And I don't want people to tell our business either. But it's like, this is relevant. And I'm like, I don't want to tell our business either to people. And I didn't for a long time. But, uh, you know, it's like, if anything, what I want people to know is that I cared for him deeply. I loved him deeply. I met him when we were kids. I'm not proud of the circumstances on how everything began. But it's someone who I did love for real. And do I think he had people in his life who did not love him for real? Yes. But such is life, right? Like, that's that's all about the choices we make. So, child, I done lost my train of thought. What am I trying to say? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, these girls were saying, so it went from I'm, it went from they're having a relationship with their teacher to they were raped by their teacher. And they were um, assaulted and abused by their teachers. And interestingly enough, it's after the relationship ended that they actually have come out and said these things. And it's like when they were with them, they were with them. And when they weren't with them, oh, now it's rape. Now it's uh, assault. Like one of the girls, I do remember from my understanding they had a relationship, emotional, but he they never did anything physical until she turned 18, to my understanding. Now, I don't know. I could be wrong. So, um, what else? Um, yeah, so I always go back to our very first uh, encounter at his house. And uh, it also made me think about today when I was thinking about this episode. I was thinking about how we met on a trip to Jekyll Island (laughs) with the technology team that I was not on. Okay, that I joined like a couple days before they left chasing someone else. And (laughs) this school put the middle schoolers with the high schoolers. And we weren't even a feeder school to the high school. So I'm like, how did we get on a bus full of kids from Doug? I will never know. (laughs) I will never know. Like, what? How did that even happen? But anyways, one night when we was in Jekyll Island, of course, once we got done with the technology part of the day, which was early in the day, We were all left to do whatever we wanted. So we all had our own hotel rooms. They were all connected. And um, the middle schoolers were like upstairs and the high schoolers were downstairs. And the chaperones were M.I. to the A. (laughs) So one night, I want to say it was the first night, but I don't know which night it was. But one night, the high schoolers had a party. (laughs) And it was a regular party. It was pitch black. You could only barely see the people in there, like, gyrating. Barely. Like, so, I don't know who told me about the party. You know what? It would be funny if he told me about the party. 
I can't remember who told me about the party, but I went to the party and I feel like I was looking for him at the party, but I did not find him. And I remember going in there. I couldn't find him anywhere because I was looking for him. And um, another high school dude wanted me to dance with him. And I was like, no. (laughs) And so then me and my friend, we ended up leaving because, like I said, I went down there looking for him from what I feel, you know. And so I'm pretty sure I went looking for him. So didn't find him. So go back upstairs and all the middle schoolers are upstairs and we're just, you know, being dumb. <laughs> being middle schoolers, you know, one of the kids was climbing out the window, climbing on the balcony of other people's rooms, you know, other people who were in our uh party and, you know, stuff like that. So um the first day I went to his house and I don't know. I was thinking about that whole when I repeated it to some coworkers of mine. They were like, were you laughing, though? Like, did you want it? Were you laughing? I was like, I was smiling, but I really, really did not want to have sex with him that day. And um, I remember specifically because I was on the phone with a friend before I went into his home and I was like, girl, I'm about to go in here. Because, um, you know, he was kind of like pressuring me to come over. And I'm like, well, I do want to see him. I haven't seen him in a long time. And I do want to see him. Because we, you know, we're cool. We're friends. You know, I haven't seen him in forever. I have seen him on his Facebook page. And I felt like I was not attracted to him from the pictures I've seen on, from the pictures I saw on Facebook. I felt like I wasn't attracted to him. So I was like, I didn't feel like anything would go down. I didn't feel like there would be any um, problems. And so I walk in finally because he texts me like, like basically bring your ass in. You being scary. And I was like, you right. <laughs> and so I go in and it started off normal. You know, we were, we were just chilling. I never expected us to do anything and uh at the most once once anything began to transpire the most that i thought could have happened as i sat on that couch well really it was a futon as i sat there um the most that i felt like what happened was a uh kiss and that's once I got in there and had been there for a while. But prior to that, I was like, no, we're not doing anything. Um, I've been on errands all day. He said we weren't doing anything. Before I came over here, I did not feel like he was attractive to me. But, of course, once I saw him, I was like, wow, he is he is very attractive. And, uh, yeah, that's how that went down. But, like, sometimes I think about that day and I'm just like, wow, that's crazy. And I remember, like, when the part when I'm like, I went to the bathroom and I came back and he pulled me to um, the kitchen by the fridge. And he said to me, and I never mentioned this, and he said to me in my ear, he's like kissing me, right? like on my neck and stuff and he says to me in my ear like 
you shouldn't have came over here looking this sexy if you know like this is what you get for coming over here looking this sexy and i'm like bro i got on the fucking t-shirt okay i got on the t-shirt i got on some jeans and some black tennis shoes like what do you mean sexy like what you mean so um yeah like i let me think yeah it's like you yeah yeah to that to that point that's what he said something of that nature i'm like was it sexy or was it fine i feel like it was sexy because i never i don't think i ever heard him say fine so um but like the point i'm trying to make is like to someone who would have been a third party looking at that encounter or when i repeat that to some people they're like is this a rape like what is this like what am I listening? What am I hearing right now? And they're like, is this a rape? And I'm like, no, it's not a rape. <laughs> because I, I wanted I wanted the guy. And I I want him. I went over there. Um, you know, uh I'm trying to think like, could I have left before that happened? I'm trying to think like no, I didn't know it was gonna happen when I from the moment from the time I left to go to the bathroom to the time I came back, I didn't know. Yes, by the time I came back, I I felt that he was into me. Yeah, because he tried to kiss me. But it wasn't like he had a heart on, stuff like that. It wasn't like that, you know. It wasn't all that. So I never, like, kind of felt like something was going to go down. And we were watching a movie. Like, I'm like... We're watching a movie and having conversations about this movie. And what else happened? So we're having conversations about the movie. We're having conversations about tattoos. He's asking me about the scar on my lip and, you know, stuff like that. (laughs) So, you know, I never kind of felt that. I never felt that. And I guess that's another thing. Like, even still, I never felt unsafe with him. And when that happened, I never, I didn't feel like I wasn't safe. I remember he asked me, like, was I afraid of him? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Why would I be afraid of you? Like, I never, I felt, I felt like, I don't know, like, people gonna, people may think this is weird, but, like, he felt like home to me. Like, he felt normal like home like peaceful like usually basically when I'm not when I wasn't around him I was really anxious and can't concentrate and my you know thoughts are everywhere but like when I was with him I was like calm and I felt like he was home for me he was like a um like spouse fatherly spouse figure fatherly figure um friendly figure like my friend my you know lover like my um somebody who would protect me you know what i'm saying so yeah i never felt 
I never felt unsafe. And so, like, when people say, like, is that, would you consider that to be, like, rape? Like, were you raped? I'm like, no. I don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means unless it's, like, a stranger. You know? And I know people are like, well, did you say no? Yeah. But again, I did want him. I didn't want him that particular day. But at some point, I was going to want him. So, yeah. You know, so that's a hard, that's still a hard conversation for me. Like, what would I categorize that as? Because it definitely wasn't what I would imagine it as. Like, our first time wasn't how I would imagine it. But neither was our second time. <laughs> it wasn't how I would imagine it either, but it was close. That third time, we were, it was it was getting there. <laughs> it was getting there. But, um, you know, and the times thereafter. And um, I just, I don't know. Everything happened the way it should have happened, the way it was supposed to happen. You know, everybody know my regret is that I went to work that morning. But I also regret regret not being able to speak to him. Every time I would speak to him, it would be with, um, with like, baby gloves and baby mittens. And I was never able, and I never took the chance to say, like, out of my mouth, like, this is what... Like, this is what you mean to me. Like, this is what you mean to me. This is what I need from you. And not too long ago, I actually found in my notes, like, what I had planned on saying to him the next time we were to meet up. And that next time, of course, we know it never came. And so I had planned on doing all these things, saying all these things, and just letting it be very much known. Now, I used to write little posts on Facebook insinuating certain things for him, but I really wanted to tell him clearly, like, this is what you mean to me. This is how I feel about you. Um, You know, what's next? (laughs) And so I had planned all this out. I bought some things to uh, get my point across. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like I said, that next meetup never came. And so, uh, you know, it's fine because, like I said, it all happened the way it was supposed to happen, that whole thing. But, um, yeah, the whole poor purpose of me saying all this was just like... <sighs> The initial purpose was just about the first meetup and what do we define as rape and what do we define as, you know, is it only rape after the fact, you know, is it still rape if, you know, you really cared for the person, you love the person, it's a rape, you know, that's tough conversations you have or I have internally, like, is it rape? And if it was rape, do I have Stockholm Syndrome? You know? Um, And then I looked up online, like, could you fall in love with someone, like, you know, after a situation like that? And it was like, 
Yes, if that happens, it's usually someone you already know. And I was like, dang, interesting. And so, you know, for him, I don't think for him, he would have thought of it as that way. Because, you know, most when people when I think of rape, I think of it as, you know, violent. Like you getting punched in the back of the head or something like that. And I wasn't punched in the back of the head. <laughs> like I wasn't punched or anything. Like was I like kind of held down? Yeah. Was my clothes ripped off? I mean, like they didn't rip, but were they like pulled off? Yeah. But I wasn't like physically like abused. Like I wasn't like punched or hit or anything like that. And that's what I think of when I hear the word rape. And so when someone reads my book or listens to this podcast, they're like, do you think if they're like, do you feel like that was rape? And it's like all this time later, I'm still going to say, I don't think so. Like, was it coercion? Yes. But, you know, I eventually did want to be with him, like, sexually. But uh, just not that day. Just not that day. And when I left, I didn't plan on being with him again. But by the time I had gone home, thought about it, I spoke to him later. By all the time that happened, I was like, okay, I got to, you know, get with him again on my terms. Because right now, I'm looking like it's... You know, it didn't, it's not like fitting how I would imagine it in my head. So I have to do this on my terms. So that's what got me there that next time. But the first time, no, I promise it was never any intention of mine to do that at all. At all. Like when I tell you I had been out all day. And it was the summertime, too. And when I tell you I had on a T-shirt, like, I still had the T-shirt. Like, I I should post it online. A T-shirt, it was a B-neck. Um, B-neck T-shirt, black, with, like, white little speckles on it. It's black with white little, not speckles, but, like, stripes. And a black shirt, blue jeans, black um, Air Max. Air Max 97. And, uh, yeah, I don't even have those Air Maxes anymore. So it's like I didn't come over there um, trying to do anything. You know, the next time I did, for sure. But, yeah, I just I just thought about that. Like, is there a correlation between the two? Is there a correlation between people who are in authoritative roles and our, you know, idolizing them and crushing on them and wanting to be with them and we may not know or put together that it's because they are they seem like someone who takes charge and we ultimately want somebody who's gonna you know take charge not boss us around but like be the head you know so yeah so that's it for this episode y'all tell me y'all thoughts i had got on here and i was gonna um talk about my favorite money long song but uh i can't i can't sing right now because i've been um crying (laughs) so 
Let's talk soon. Tell me what y'all think. And let's go from there. Peace.